listening to episode 36, chapter one of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today, we're talking with Trillia Newbell about her book, Sacred Endurance. Trillia Newbell is the author of several books, and her writings on the issues of faith, family, and diversity have been published in the Knoxville News Sentinel, Desiring God, True Woman, Christianity Today, and the Gospel Coalition. She's also a commentator for World Radio and has spoken at numerous conferences, churches, women's retreats, colleges, and seminaries. She's currently the Director of Community Outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. It's hard to imagine what endurance really feels like unless you've been through some struggle. In the Christian life, that struggle can come from your own sin, your own situation in life, or it can even be the result of something done to you by someone else. One thing Jesus did promise us, though, was that we would have troubles, that the life of being his disciple would also be a life familiar with struggle. But at times we underestimate what it really means to endure those struggles. C.S. Lewis wrote, Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. You have to find out the strength of a wind by trying to walk against it, not by lying down. A man who gives in to temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. While some of our struggles in a lifestyle of discipleship may come from sin, this principle still applies to the other struggles as well when it comes to endurance. Endurance is tough. And it only gets tougher the longer you endure. So, how do you endure? And what can we do to help us continue enduring, not just for the present moment, but for the entire race of life? In this chapter, Trillia walks us through the reason she wrote her latest book, Sacred Endurance, and how important it is for us to focus on the one thing that makes endurance possible. It's very good to be talking with you today about your book, Sacred Endurance, Finding Grace and Strength for a Lasting Faith. I think the best place to start our conversation this morning was just to be, just to ask, what led you to write this book? You've written many, many other books. What led you to write this one on endurance? Well, I am of that age where enduring in the faith is becoming increasingly, I guess, in my faith, there's a need that I see because there's so many of my, my friends and even in my own life where my friends in particular, who I I've seen either denounce their faith altogether or struggle to keep running this race because it's, it's hard. And so there's this kind of zeal you get when you're first a Christian that that can um, kind of be, I guess, as the trials of life (laughs) happen, it can be harder to to see the the joy of of enduring and continuing to run. So so in a lot of ways, I wrote it as someone who is enduring, who's had to think of, okay, why do we keep running this race? What what is going to motivate me to keep going and how do I do it? And so I'm, I wrote the the book as the pers- in the perspective of someone who is enduring, not someone who has endured, because I'm still running my race. And I just see people all around me who need hope for finishing, hope for continuing and to continue to run. Yeah, that's an important distinction that you are a fellow 
struggler in this race. And that comes across really well in the book. A lot of a lot of books on, you know, Christian thought and the Christian life can be written from uh, sort of like you, you have like the struggler uh, who's in the trenches with you. You've got the Sherpa who's like a little bit further ahead and then you have yeah. the sage on the stage. And I think we're all kind of tired of the sage on the stage presentations of, you know, this is what the Bible says and this is exactly how you should do it. And, and I, I have know it perfected. <laughs> that, that's right. Exactly. And so it is really refreshing to get to hear your story and, and many of the other stories that you talk about in this book that are uh, from that place of genuinely struggling. And it's and it's very encouraging to read about other accounts like that. And we'll get into a little bit of why I think that's especially encouraging when we're talking about running a race. And so often, man, we get we get so caught up in what's happening to us in the moment. Mm-hmm. We go through struggles, we go through hardships, and we think that enduring, I think, sometimes means just making it through this next one. And then all of a sudden, we don't have to worry about endurance anymore. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I think so many times we see people drop out of the race because they're, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to downplay what they're, or I don't want to talk down on what they're doing. But really, it's, it's that they're kind of short-sighted as to what their, their target is in the Christian life. And really, I think this is in a when we talk about endurance, it's about an entire lifetime. So like what you're saying, Shirley, is great. Absolutely. It's we're all continually in this position of needing to endure and learning how to endure better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, yeah, I think what you're talking about is like we, we look at our trials individually and we think that's the race when really right. that might be right. a lap or a leg or. Or, or whatever. And so it's really the idea of looking at the life as the marathon rather than the individual trial or, or circumstance that you're going through. And that's really appropriate because uh, Trillia, you, you talk about it a lot in your book, um, are very passionate about fitness and running. And you had an entire career in fitness before you became the, uh, uh, the director of community outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission with the uh, Southern Baptist Convention that you're doing now. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how your life in the fitness and how your passion in fitness has really helped illuminate a lot of these concepts that you're talking about when we talk about living the Christian life as a race? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because my life has, but so has the scriptures. So often Paul is refers to, and not just Paul, but Paul refers to in during and running this race as a race. It's a mm-hmm. race that we have to endure. And and so for me, the thought of um, because I, I was an athlete in high school and then I have always been athletic in some way or active in fitness, I understand the sweat and the. Uh, tenacity in some ways and the the <laughs> strength and perseverance that it takes to finish a a race like a literal mm-hmm. race <laughs> and so so it was easy it's an easy concept for me to kind of think of this christian walk in those terms because i've experienced it what it takes to to keep going when you want to give up, like you literally want to give up or what it keeps to keep going when your legs give out. I share a story in my book of a, a, I was um, in a relay race 
And I was doing the what's called the four by 400, which is when you sprint all the way around a track. So you're not going just 100 yards, you're going all the way around in a full on sprint. Well, I get to the 300 yard mark and my legs decided they no longer wanted to work. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever experienced anything where your body just, just gives out on you, but I was in the middle of this race and I cross, I turned the curve and my legs decide they are done. And so I had to mentally force my legs. I've never, you know, we move and we walk and we do these things. Like right now we're, I'm talking and I'm not thinking about talking. I'm just talking. Right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to mentally make my legs move. It was excruciating. It was so painful and so hard and I've never experienced anything like it. So here I am, my legs are wanting to give out. The crowd is screaming, go, go, you're almost there. And I make it, we win. But it was, (laughs) it was painful. I collapsed at the end. It was not pretty. I I don't remember if I vomited or not, but I know I felt like it. And so (laughs) I, I finished that race. We won the race. We endured to the end. I got the prize, but it was not beautiful. It was terribly painful. And I collapsed at the end. And so much of our Christian walk looks like that. It's not, most of us aren't going to end this race waving flags and woohoo, you know, we, we did it. We're probably going to collapse into Jesus's arms. It's not. Yeah. And, and I think of people who suffer terminal diseases who they, the end of their race, isn't going to be this leaping. It's going to be collapsing into Jesus's arms. We suffer, um, broken relationships. We suffer, um, our bodies, failing in so many different real life ways. Um, we suffer tragedy upon tragic things that we wouldn't have, we, we wouldn't have known to, to prepare our hearts for because suffering comes and that's what we are not promised this, um, fairy tale life. We are, we, God says in his word that we, we are going to suffer. And so, so much of what I've in, experienced in the fitness realm has, um, translated into the Christian walk. And so I, I, it makes sense to me that Paul would use that analogy about the race and that the God would use that analogy about the race that we endure, that we, we are running a race and we want to finish, finish the race. And, um, and, and my, my brain is lapsing at the, the exact scripture, the upper call of godliness that he, he ran the race and he finished it. And, and so I think that, um, I think it's just a, an analogy that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's a good place for the altar call now that we've told everybody how terrible and, and painful the Christian life can be. Uh, no, no, that's no, what Jesus said, though. Yeah, exactly. No, it is It is a good point because we, especially in American Christianity, have this sort of over-idealized look at what life should be in general in our culture. And so and a lot of that has seeped into the church. And so we have this idea that our life in Christ should be this um, even better 
Jesus enhanced version of the American dream, so to speak. Yes. And, and um, so we, we do have to uh, understand that that form of Christianity isn't what we're after. And yet at the same time, um, nobody's ever going to buy into something if that's all we told them, that it was just going to be the hardest thing that they've ever had to do. And then you're going to have to, uh, you know, kill yourself all throughout this race. We well, also have to maintain the, our focus on the end prize, that goal that we're after, because that's what makes it all worth it, right? Yeah, but I want to back up because I don't, I don't know if they're going to buy into um, anything. I, I think mm-hmm. when God calls us, he, he does humble. Like we, we realize that we are sinners in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. And so, and so for me, I remember when I became a Christian at the age of 22, I remember hearing the hymn rock of ages, wash me savior or I'll die. So it wasn't, it wasn't even pretty when I walked, came into the faith. I, I, I needed a savior. And then he opened my eyes and then he revealed the promises that he, he will finish the good work he began in me. And now I know that I have a savior that I can run to that if I'm, he was tempted in every way, but without sin. So in my sorrow, I have a place to run. So it's not that, that I am attempting, or we need to paint this picture of Christianity in a certain way, we just need to speak the truth of what God says. And then we will see the glory in it. Not that we're going to have a, there are many, many Christians who don't, who have ordinary lives that, that don't have these tragedies that some people experience and their suffering may be minimal yet they need to endure as well. And so I do think that reminding ourselves of the truth of God's word, that he is with us, that we can approach him as Abba Father, that he will keep us. He's a keeping God. He's a saving God and he's a keeping God. And he will finish that good work. And then, as you've just said, if we set our eyes on the the, the prize that is to come that we often don't think of because we Maybe we think it's proud. I'm not really sure. But if we do fix our eyes on Jesus and remind ourselves of this prize that we will receive, um, I believe that helps us to endure. Absolutely. When it comes to the Christian life, we each have a preconceived idea of what it should look like. And when it doesn't live up to our expectations, we feel betrayed and hurt. If you grew up hearing sermons on how accepting Jesus would make your life better, then you may have been terribly shocked to find out that trials and hardship still came. In fact, there are some groups of Christians that believe that hardships are only a sign of unbelief and that if you only have more faith, you can live a perfect life in Christ. But this goes against what Jesus himself told the disciples. He promised them in John 15 that they would experience suffering and persecution. And so will we. The question is, how will we handle it when it comes? So I'd like to challenge you today to spend some time meditating on Philippians 1.6 that says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And then take the time to journal about a time in your life that Jesus brought you through something you know you couldn't have endured on your own. How did you feel in the midst of that suffering? How did God use those circumstances 
to grow you? And how has God used that trial in your life to minister to others? How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Trillia's work, check out trillianewbell.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Trillia talks about the value of knowing your motives. If you want to step to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. <music>